Helping you build a better brand through the fusion of form and function. This is the Rightly Designed Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas and this is the Rightly Designed Show. Today I'm going to take a little bit of time to talk about something that's important to anyone who's starting an online platform, a new website, or anything of the sort. And that is an email list. And more specifically, I'm going to be talking about which email list service provider you should consider. And this is a really important topic because I've heard time and again, whether it's a really successful successful entrepreneur or a blogger or somebody who has built a really powerful online presence, the reoccurring theme that I tend to hear throughout a lot of these individuals is that, you know what, I wish I had started building my email list sooner. And the reason for that is is pretty simple. An email list is something that you control and that you own. You know, if Facebook were to shut down tomorrow, uh, you'd lose that entire following. You know, if Twitter were to close tomorrow or Pinterest or pick your favorite social media website, they could either, you know, go the way of MySpace or shut down altogether. And you have no control over that. You have no control over the the people who you have worked long and hard to gain a following from. Email is different. Email, you can technically, regardless of what email service provider you're using, you can always export that list and re-import it into another service. Or, you know, you always have control over the people and over the the list that you have spent all that time and effort and energy building. In addition to having the control over it, it's a lot more personal and the engagement rate on an email is much much higher than it is on something like Twitter or Facebook. You know, not people are not necessarily on Facebook or Twitter 24/7, although for some people it might be pretty close. Uh, but, you know, for email, it's a little bit different because it hits their inbox and then it's always there for them to check or to take action on uh, immediately before their eyes. So, again, there's a lot of advantages, regardless of how old email is in the grand scheme of things. Uh, it's still the number one way uh, for being able to directly reach your audience. So, anyways, those things aside... I'm going to focus in today on two specific email service providers and mainly because number one, they're the ones I hear or I have the most questions asked about. And number two, they're the two service providers that I personally have a decent amount of experience with. And those are MailChimp and ConvertKit. So there's a lot of different other service providers out there that you can try. There's like Aweber and Constant Contact and all these other ones out there. But again, I'm just going to focus on these two for those main reasons. Also because out of all the ones I've kind of experimented with, these two seem to be the best and the easiest to get up and running for most bloggers and people building an online platform. Okay, so the first one to consider is MailChimp. And MailChimp is a great starting point if you're going to be building your email list. Number one, MailChimp is free. So you can go and you can sign up for a MailChimp account right now, type in all your information, and start building your email list right away. They make it really simple to set up a new list. Or I should say, yes, you can set up a new list. And then in addition to that, set up a new form. So they make it really easy to embed 
a MailChimp form on your website. So you can incorporate that into an opt-in if you're going to be doing something like a free ebook or some sort of incentive to get someone to join your list, which is typically recommended. Or if you just want to do something a little bit more simple, like, you know, in your sidebar, say, you know, sign up for my email newsletter. Again, you can just copy and paste the form that they provide to you. And so they have some customization abilities built into their form builder as well. So you can add extra fields if you want to get somebody's phone number for, for whatever reason or address or website. You can store and save all of that information within MailChimp by placing it in the form that people use to be able to sign up. So it's very simple. It's very easy to set up. Another huge advantage to using MailChimp is they have absolutely beautiful templates and designs. So if when you're sending out emails uh, and you know, you're, you're mailing your lists uh, periodically in whatever way you decide to do that, the great thing about MailChimp is that if you take the, the time to go through their email template builder, you can create some really, really beautiful and easy to use templates. So things that are really image rich uh, with different backgrounds or full width bars, and they're all designed to be responsive, which means that they will work across a wide variety of devices. So if somebody's opening your email on a desktop, it'll look, uh, you know, optimized for that desktop size. And if they open it on their phone with, you know, the mail app that's built into their phone, it will be optimized and everything will resize accordingly. So it's a little bit closer to actually sending a web page uh, as an email. Not quite that intricate, not quite that detailed, but closer in that direction. So it's a great way to be able to send uh, really beautiful emails and to be able to set those up easily with their drag and drop interface, which again is quite robust, quite powerful, and easy to work with. Another great feature within MailChimp is the ability that they provide for you to create RSS-based campaigns. So uh, you're able to create like a one-off, one-time campaign where you just, you know, you've got your list, you've created your email template. Then what you're able to do is, you know, just send a one-off email or schedule out a specific email to that list. And which works great, um, but sometimes it's nice when you have if you do if you find yourself doing something over and over again. Like let's say that uh, your plan is every single time you publish a new post on your blog, for example, you want to send an email to your list to let them know that that post has published. Well, with an RSS-based campaign generator, what they allow you to do in Mailchimp is set up a template. So you can determine in MailChimp, okay, I want the image to go here. I want the intro to my tech, you know, the text to go here, social share buttons here. And then you can design it to be all, all beautiful and easy to navigate and read. And then every single time, uh, well, let me back up. First of all, what you do is you enter in the RSS feed that is uh, corresponding to your specific site. So for most people, if you're using WordPress, it's just going to be yourdomain.com slash feed and that would be your rss feed so what you do is you just paste that into the mailchimp can you know when you're configuring your rss driven campaign so what happens is you just, you create your template you integrate all the tags and you know specifically how you want that rss feed or that rss driven post or email to appear you know you do a couple of tests and then you activate it and what happens is every single time you then publish something on your blog uh, it will then 
publish or it will send to your list automatically. So it will, you know, again, you're able to customize the image if you've got a, a featured image in your post, the title, as well as some of the body text, and if you do the excerpt or the whole post. So it's a really great way to be able to automate that process. So it's all done for you. You don't even have to think about it. Uh, of course, you can check on it. Or I always recommend make sure that you're a part of your own list so you are you know, in the loop of what's being sent out. Uh, but it's an excellent way to create something that's beautiful, that's easy to read, and that keeps your list updated and informed with what you're writing. So you can do it that way. In addition to the one-off or individual, so you know, let's say you you instead of having it send out daily or every time that you send out a post, let's say you're publishing more content than you know a post a day. So what you can do is you can actually go in there and you can create something that is called a digest. And what a digest does is it says, okay, let's say we want this digest to be sent out every Thursday. So rather than sending out every time you produce a new blog post, it will wait until Thursday, you know, using that as an example. When Thursday comes around, it will look at your RSS feed and it will see all the posts that you have published since Thursday and will create a nice list of all of those posts for in one convenient email and it will send that out. So again, in similar to if you're just doing a one-off email, you can add uh, an image, you can add a nice excerpt, you know, a read more button, share buttons, all those things in there. So it's a really nice and uh, consumable, easy to read format that you can send to your list once weekly. So it's a great tool. If you're more interested in having image heavy campaigns, uh, if aesthetics is really important to you and if you want that RSS end of things to be really automated, MailChimp is a great place to start uh, with that type of campaign. Now, some of the down, some of the cons of MailChimp, uh, some of the downsides to MailChimp, if you will. Uh, one of the big problems that you run into when you start working with a lot of email service providers, this isn't specific to MailChimp, but it is still a problem with MailChimp, is that it's really easy to get duplicate subscribers. So what happens is if you start creating multiple lists, which is normal, as you start to grow and expand, let's say you create an email list and an email subscription form for an ebook that you create that you want to be an opt-in. Then let's say you create a separate list, or which is required in order to create a separate form that people will be able to fill out to subscribe uh, to get a different ebook. Well, at that point in time, you're maintaining two lists in order to enable people to get two different opt-ins. And, you know, it might even get more complicated. Uh, I think on Rightly Design right now, I've got like three or four different ebooks that I like to give away for free that I offer, you know, I offer at uh, my website for people to uh, subscribe to my list. So the problem with that is that when you start doing that or taking that course in MailChimp, you start duplicating subscribers because if let's say Bob comes in and subscribes to, you know, ebook opt-in A, then jumps over to another page and sees ebook option B and subscribes to that one too, well then you've just added Bob to two lists. Problem with that starts to compound on itself. Number 1, if you ever go past 2000 subscribers with Mailchimp, you have to start paying for it. And so at that point in time, you're actually paying for duplicate subscribers. So for every person that subscribed multiple times, you have to pay for each of those subscribers. 
Number two, if you ever decide that you want to mail, you know, all of your people, all of the people who are subscribed with you, you run the risk of people being uh, emailed twice. So that always, you know, that annoys people and people unsubscribe and sometimes they don't know which one they're they're subscribed to, you know, which email account they're subscribed with or which one they're not. So it just causes causes a hassle and a headache for your readers and for your subscribers. So another limitation or drawback in addition to that is just some organizational abilities. When it comes to your list, there's not a real easy way to create, to organize your subscribers other than segments. So segments work, they work decently if you want to break your list into chunks of specific um, purposes or specific types of subscribers. It's very limited in the sense that you can't really go cross list and you're always stuck within what that specific list enables you to do. And again, it just kind of gets compounded a little bit in addition uh, because of the fact that you are going, you have the risk of, of uh, duplicate subscribers when you start to branch out beyond multiple um, lists or multiple opt-in forms. So, you know, it's it, to kind of recap with MailChimp, it's a great tool for starting out. What I oftentimes say is, you know what, Start out and just, you know, it's really easy to set up and you can get that first opt-in or that first subscription form up there. So at least you have something ready and available to start collecting email addresses. Uh, MailChimp's biggest strength, of course, as I mentioned, is in the ability to create very beautiful emails and RSS-driven campaigns, which it does very, very well. Okay, so let's then jump over to the second option that we're exploring today, and that is ConvertKit. So I actually used MailChimp for around a year, probably a little bit longer. And again, I've liked MailChimp. It's a great service, but it was mainly the duplicate subscribers and the limitations with how many opt-ins and forms I could create that uh, that kind of shifted me away from MailChimp and to ConvertKit. So this is where ConvertKit really shines uh, because it has completely done away with this problem of duplicate subscribers. Uh, Each subscriber is treated as a subscriber regardless of what list they are subscribed to in ConvertKit. So if somebody signs up, if we're to go back to that previous example where we have opt-in, Bob is going to be subscribing to opt-in A, uh, ebook A, and he wants to subscribe to opt-in B, What happens is that if he does both, if he subscribes via opt-in A, gets that free ebook, jumps over to opt-in B, subscribes and gets that free ebook, he's never duplicated. The system sees, oh look, Bob's already in the system. I don't have to add Bob again. So nothing happens um, in terms of having another email added. Uh, All that happens is that Bob gets both his ebooks and he's happy and you're happy. So it solves that problem really well. In addition to that, it enables tag-based subs- subscriber organization. So what you're able to do is rather than doing segments, which kind of forces you to put someone in one section and you're just kind of stuck with it, you can add tags, which can apply to multiple users in multiple contexts. So ConvertKit does do segments. So if you prefer to segment your list out to you know partic- particular sections, it is able to do that. It does it very well very similar to MailChimp. The tags are actually very, very powerful in the sense that, uh, like for example, 
let's go back to our Bob example and the two opt-ins. So what I can do is I can actually create an automation that once somebody subscribes to list A, I will add a tag to that particular subscriber that says opt-in A. If they then subscribe to opt-in B, uh, then I can have a tag automatically added to that person which says opt-in B. So if I go to a specific uh, if I go to a, subs a specific subscriber, I can see all the tags that have been applied or added at any point in time to that subscriber. So how is that useful? That comes in useful once you start sending out your campaigns. So let's say you want to send out an email, and this particular email would be better suited, more you know, better targeted to people who have downloaded or subscribed to a specific um, opt-in. You would know that based upon the tags. So what you can say is let's set up a brand new campaign uh, that is only applied, that will only be sent to people with the tag opt-in A. So as you can see, it starts opening up a new door of pretty much endless possibilities in terms of being able to be more strategic with who and how you're reaching your audience. So that's very, very useful. Beyond just being able to organize your users, and I'm not going too, too much further into, uh, in depth with uh, how far you can go with ConvertKit. There's a ton of features in there. But another big one is automations. So MailChimp does have some automation. If you go for their paid account, um, you, they have some automation abilities. I did a little bit of exploring uh, with their automation abilities, and I found them a little bit limited. I do know that they've recently made some updates, so some of the things I'm exploring may be possible in MailChimp. Uh, it's just they weren't when I was using it, or a lot of them weren't. So um, it, there's a possibility if you really prefer MailChimp and you want to stick with them, but you want some of the automation, you may want to check out the automation features built into MailChimp. But the ones built into ConvertKit are, are again, very powerful. And so these do a number of different things. So you can connect them to, as I said, tags. So if somebody fills out a specific form, does a specific opt-in, you can tag that person. But you can do much, much more. In addition to that, you can subscribe someone to what's called a sequence. So if somebody signs up and fills out a specific form, you can then create a sequence of follow-up emails that that person receives from that point on. So if they fill out a specific ebook uh, form to receive a free ebook, you can then, you know, three days later, have it automatically send them another follow-up email asking them, you know, did you enjoy the ebook? Did you find it useful? Check out these other free resources. You can also, you know, show them a video and then you can keep going, you know, three days later, you can send them another email or two days later, you can send them another email. Uh, email. You can do these really nice drip campaigns to provide, you know, consistent value and then at the end, you know, to sell a course or something like that. So it's set up to enable you to create these really powerful automations. Uh, you can connect it with a lot of third-party applications. Uh, for example, if you are a big fan of like Gumroad and you sold products through there, you can connect it to Gumroad so that if someone purchases a product on your Gumroad account, it automatically subscribes them to your list and then to a drip campaign or it tags them. So a lot of really powerful automation tools are also built in as well. Now, in addition to that, they have some really robust form building tools. 
uh, I mentioned that, you know, MailChimp has their own form building tools, which are very useful. The nice thing about ConvertKit, though, is that you can jump in there and just create a ton of forms. You can create, you know, let's say you got seven different opt-ins you want to do. Well, since we don't have to worry about the duplicating of our subscribers by creating multiple forms, I can create seven different forms, each of which can have an opt-in that people get. That's Each one can be different for the opt-in that they receive by filling out that form. So you can have people go through your website and download seven different ebooks and never have to worry about being duplicated on your list. You never have to worry about paying for you know, that person seven times. You never have to worry about that person receiving seven emails. So it makes that process very simple and it gives you the flexibility to be able to create a whole bunch of different forms. So beyond the forms, they also allow you to create some really simple landing pages. So if you just want to create a page that, you know, is is similar to lead pages, lead pages are a little bit more robust in the flexibility and the design angle of what you're able to create. But if you want to just create a really quick and simple landing page, you can do that right in ConvertKit as well. So a couple of the limitations I found with ConvertKit were that the design if if design is really important to you, ConvertKit doesn't have a lot of really powerful design-related editing capabilities, similar to what you would find in MailChimp where it's all drag and drop, and lots of images and you know, you know backgrounds and templates and all sorts of different styles and layouts. ConvertKit doesn't really do that. ConvertKit is uh, more a text-based um, approach to sending email, which I personally have found to be a little bit more uh, actually user-friendly and useful. I used to send out really image-heavy, you know, pretty designed, uh, you know, MailChimp-created emails. And, you know, they were, again, they were pretty. I think they were they were better looking. But again, of course, I'm a designer. Uh, but what I found is that those type of emails are a lot less likely for people to engage on, on them for a lot of different reasons. Number one, Gmail has a tendency of putting uh, emails that have a lot of images in them over in the promotional tab of Gmail, which few people check. Also, if they have a lot of images in them, there are, they are, the likelihood of them being flagged or caught as spam also also increases. Also, there's just there's just a readability aspect to it as well that when you're just receiving a more simplistic plain text email and it's not actual plain text, it's still got some HTML formatting like links and it's not uh, you know it's not uh, raw text in in that sense. But when you're uh, getting a more text centric email. It's a lot easier to read, number one. And number two, it's a lot um, – it's more personal in the sense that it's not a corporate email with tons of images in there. So it can have that benefit. The only other drawback is that uh, if you're really interested in that automated RSS-driven campaigns, they do have the ability to create RSS-driven uh, campaigns in, create, uh, in ConvertKit through their automation process, but it doesn't have nearly the amount of – um, modification abilities that you have with something like MailChimp. So in essence, what it does is it creates a digest for you once a week. So you can create, uh, you can create an automation that generates what they call a broadcast. So a broadcast is a one-off email. So it does that once a week. And then it, you know, it puts together this email for you, uh, but you're not really able to modify that. So it holds it as a draft. So what you have to do is you have to jump in there and edit it. It's not really a big deal. 
Um, you know, you just have to take a little bit of extra time to go in there and create that uh, that RSS driven campaign to have, you know, you got to put the link in there and, you know, add your extra text uh, above and below. So there's a little bit extra legwork. They can do an RSS uh, driven campaign on a digest uh, basis. But it's a little bit limited uh, in terms of the functionality there. So if RSS is really, really important to you, MailChimp may be a little better in that direction. Uh, I've personally found that the RSS-driven campaigns, while they're useful, um, lack, again, I think, in the personal touch that can make a email a little bit more engaging, a little bit more useful, and a little bit more interesting. So that's just in my own personal experiences. So I've begun to shift away from the RSS-driven campaigns to more of a personal approach. But again, if RSS and automating that posting and sending process is kind of pivotal, then MailChimp may be a better option. But all in all, I've personally found ConvertKit to be incredibly powerful uh, for managing subscribers, setting up campaigns, uh, pretty much an indispensable tool. So I do actually have an affiliate link. If you do want to check out uh, ConvertKit, I highly recommend it. Uh, so you know, if, Mail if you're on MailChimp or another one or you just want to give it a try, you can go to rightlydesigned.com slash convertkit, and I do highly recommend you check it out. It's a very, very powerful tool. Um, or you can just, if you don't, if you want to skip the affiliate link, no problem, just go to convertkit.com. Again, it's a really great service. Um, uh, regardless of, of which type of email list you're trying to build, um, it is really important. If you do go convertkit or you don't go convertkit or whatever you know particular email service provider you go with, uh, that you do start building that email list. It's very important. Have a question about design, branding, marketing, or WordPress? Take a quick moment to visit rightlydesign.com slash question and record your question for the show. If it's featured in an episode, we'll send you a free Rightly Designed idea book as our thanks. Get all the information at rightlydesigned.com slash question. Okay, so to kind of wrap up the topic of MailChimp and ConvertKit, before I go any further, it's important to know that I personally have, you know, chosen to go with ConvertKit, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they're the best or only option. Uh, so the question to ask really is, what are your specific goals? And to really plan that out, think that through, and to consider what you want to accomplish with your email list. About 99.9% .9 of the time, it's going to be pivotal that you do create an email list, but the way in which you do that can vary based upon your platform, your brand, your strategy, and how you want to do that. So what I've tried to do throughout this episode is to break down the pros and the cons to each. I've found that the pros of ConvertKit heavily outweigh any of the very few cons I've found, um, as well as the cons of other uh, email service providers. So the way I would break it down is this way. If you're if you're just starting out, if you're brand new and you just need to start building that list, if you want to be able to do an email newsletter or you just have a single opt-in such as an email uh, an ebook or an, a white paper or something similar, start out with Mailchimp. It's a great simple easy to use service. Uh, it's really easy to get those forms set up. It's really easy to manage your lists. And you know what? It's it's also easy to set up those campaigns 
to be able to start emailing your list right away. Uh, I would say then as you start to get a little bit more advanced, uh, or if you are now a little bit more advanced, say you are currently using MailChimp or another service provider, and you're finding that you're you're starting to become a little bit more advanced with the way that you're interacting with your email list, then I would say consider switching over to something like ConvertKit. Uh, if you're finding that you know segments and multiple lists are just becoming too cumbersome, uh, MailChimp makes it really easy to export, and a lot of these people do. You can typically just export it to a CSV file or an Excel or something like that. And then equally as easy is ConvertKit enables you to go in and import all these users uh, or all these subscribers uh, just as easy. So again, uh, MailChimp's going to be really great for starting out. It's going to be great if you uh, if having image-heavy or corporate-looking emails is more your style. ConvertKit is going to be uh, more uh, recommended if you want a little bit more power over how you organize your subscribers, uh, as well as multiple lists and multiple, uh, or not multiple lists, but multiple forms that people can fill out for various reasons. So again, those are two options to consider. Those are just out of my personal experience. Those are the the two that I've used the most as well as the two that I have found the most useful. So again, if you do want to check out ConvertKit, you can go to rightlydesigned.com slash ConvertKit. Also, if you'd like to to take a look at an example as to how uh, I've personally incorporated multiple forms for the ability to download multiple ebooks, uh, you can go to minebook.com, and that's just M-I-N-ebook.com, and you can take a look at that page. just serves as a nice little example. Hopefully, it'll give you some ideas of how you can jump in there and you can create multiple forms to provide multiple opt-ins uh, as different ways to incentivize people to join your list. So I really do hope that you've uh, found this episode useful. Hopefully it gets you thinking in terms of some different strategies that you can employ for your list building, as well as whether or not you want to consider MailChimp uh, or ConvertKit when it comes to building your email list. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to tune into the program, and we'll see you next week. Enjoying the Rightly Designed Show? please consider taking a quick moment to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or the channel of your choice. Visit rightlydesign.com show for links to these channels and more.